Take my hand Take my little hand Walk with me And if you can Understand I didn't plan For this road I'm on But here I stand Hello, welcome to the Sweet Baby O podcast. I'm Lynn Browder and I have a son, Owen, who's 10 and has autism. This is about our journey and everything uh, between our challenges and our incredible victories and my emotions. It's a lot about my emotions, a lot about my emotions and everything else in between. Uh, I started this journey with my son and I write about uh, our daily adventures, our daily journey through autism, through life. And I always am trying to figure out uh, what, you know, is an age thing and what is autism. And my son is incredibly brilliant and extremely funny. And, you know, he comes up with some one-liners that I don't even, you know, I don't know if he completely understands humor. He is starting to laugh, um, laugh appropriately, laugh in the moments that are truly funny moments, but he doesn't always laugh at something he's said or when he says something, it's not always in that uh, moment where he thinks it might be funny, but the kid has got a humor. <laughs> He's got this very funny uh, one-liner moment to him and just the way he presents himself. But it's it, when you ask him questions, he doesn't always know how to respond or he doesn't always uh, know like in that moment that he is supposed to respond. We're working on conversation and sometimes that is the hardest thing for me because I'm a talker. I'm a talker. But maybe that's also a great thing because since he was little, I always had those two-sided conversations way before I knew autism was even a thing with us. He would uh, talk uh, or, you know, say something, but it wasn't part of the conversation. Like he wasn't necessarily answering anything about what I said. Do you want something for dinner? Do you want this for dinner? I would even ask like yes or no questions and he still wasn't responding. And he still doesn't respond sometimes. If he's focused on something or he just doesn't want to answer or there's tons of oars after that because I don't know. I really don't know what the answer is. I just know how we try to process it and move forward with it. There are so many little parts of this. Um, Trying to figure out what I need to do to, you know, grow with Owen and have Owen learning these life skills. Uh, And now that he's talking, you know, we waited years for him to say those words and, and each and every word is my blessing. I thank God all the time for his words and his communication skills that we have. We're just trying to find ways that, you know, 
make it so that he can kind of uh, look at what we're talking about and have the conversation that's important to him. I always tell him that his emotions and his feelings are important and that he needs to share those moments with me. It's when <clears throat> it's winter time and the frogs are are out in full force. But when I talk to him, I always I always want him to know that his opinion, his emotion, his choices are important and that's why it's so important to me that we learn that conversation. He will sit at the table and he's finished his snack when he comes home from school or his breakfast or or dinner, whatever it is, and he will just blurt out chocolate milk and chips or chocolate milk and cereal. And he doesn't say any more to it. And when he says chocolate milk, I know it's chocolate milk, but he says it so quickly, chocolate milk, that If you don't know Owen, if you've not been around Owen, then you really don't know that he is requesting chocolate milk. And so I'm getting, trying to get him to realize that he has to say his words as precise as he can. I mean, I know that he can't necessarily pronounce all his letters yet, so that, that, you know, uh, keeps him from saying some of the words where, uh, you know, L's or W's still and and that type of thing. But he doesn't have to rush through what he's talking about. And he can say those words and he can say them politely. So I'm working with sentence structure and oh my, that's hard because the way that everyone says things you know, grammar is, is such a hard thing to me to comprehend grammar and the proper grammar. I throw those y'alls in there all the time. And so that alone, that grammar thing is out the window. But to at least create a polite conversation, pr- create that polite way of asking something, even if he said chocolate milk and chips please, or I want, those are things that he has to realize. Mommy gets it. Mommy understands he wants more chocolate milk and he wants chips or cereal or whatever the thing is. Most of the time, I understand. But if we are someplace else or he's without me or without his teacher or whoever the the source is that can understand what he's asking for, he needs to be able to communicate that with someone else. If we go to a restaurant, he has to be able to share his needs, his wants, his emotions, his opinions. Believe me, I would put my opinions and my emotions on him any day, but it's his choices, his, his, you know, things that he wants. And so I, I think that's where, you know, the conversation and those connections are coming in. So I will quote unquote ignore him when he says chocolate milk and chips and saying it so quickly, it's like a rocket science out, or rocket ship out to space, the, how quick he says it, and try to get him to understand that I respond just like he responds or doesn't respond when 
you're not prepared or not realizing that someone is talking to you. He gets very upset if I do not respond to his question, his moment in time immediately. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, where I'm at, if I'm on the phone or if I'm in the middle of texting someone or if I'm in the middle of cooking dinner, anything I'm doing has to have an immediate stop to do what he needs me to do. Well, that doesn't always happen. I can't always stop immediately for whatever reason. We could be in the car and he needs an immediate response. Well, I don't necessarily need an immediate response or, or to you know get those chocolate, that chocolate milk and those chips immediately. But to him, that is something that I should be responding to immediately. So I'm trying to get him to understand the connection to something we definitely need immediately. There are things that we would drop everything for and something like chocolate milk and chips that he's had, you know, three times that he can wait a moment and ask for it properly. Those skills are coming. I mean, I'm just, I, I am so thankful and the glory of his words, I'll take them. I'll take every single one of them, every way he can say it. But I just want him to be more prepared for the daily occurrences of life and what happens next. I'm thankful. I am beyond thankful for where we are today. But, you know, it's getting us past those moments in time where it's just that, you know, running through the words and not necessarily connecting with each other. And that is very important to me to be able to, you know, understand my son's wants, needs, emotions, the things he likes, the things he wants, what he wants to do. But I also want him to understand that mommy and the world has opinions, emotions, things that they like, things that they don't like. And that is kind of in that blue pant world. I would have to say that in the last week, blue pants have been really, really, really hard. And actually, he's kind of put, you know, that on the back burner for a little bit. It's, it's kind of a mix of really something that's important to him. And he was talking about red shoes and red pants and a red shirt this morning. And I said, well, I'll be happy to get you red shoes. Uh, we had red shoes many years ago, but he was like, no, 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 no. So I can tell that conversation thing. He gets it when we, he really needs the conversation, but for him to move forward. And he said to me multiple times, he wanted red shoes. And I don't know if that's because of Spider-Man or if it's something else that's propelling him to ask for red shoes. I don't really think he wants red shoes though, but we're there. And he is looking at my blue pants. He is looking at my pink shoes and he wants me to wear a pink shirt, but it feels a little bit more like just kind of that rote conversation where we are continuing to have the same conversation versus the things that he is like, this is it kind of thing. Except 
except for when we go someplace. <laughs> then we are still with looking at people and if they have gray pants on or shorts or black pants or a dress or something else, he will stop and tell them to go home. Uh, they have to leave and he needs them to wear blue pants tomorrow. And he tells them usually white sneakers and a different colored shirt. Sometimes that varies, but that's that's pretty much what his standard uh, stranger outfit is. Blue pants, white shoes, and then, you know, the different colored shirt. I don't know <laughs> when we're going to move completely past this. I keep hoping this is the day, this is the day that we will, but we're not there yet. He's now in visual therapy, and I am learning so much about how our body connects to our mind, our eyes, our ears, and where we go from here. You know, when you think of the body as a whole, you, you know, don't necessarily put together that your movements, your feet, your hands, all work with your visual, you know, effects. The, the way that you look at something also determines the way that you walk or how fast you walk or where you're walking. If you see something that you want to get to, you walk faster towards it or get away from. And that's the same with your hearing. Owen was standing outside. We were waiting for the bus. And you, I, I never really, now I do because I have Owen. Uh, you don't always hear the world's noises. There are cars, there are the, you know, the, the train, the highway that has those cars, and the highway makes different noises than the cars. Then the lights outside and the birds and the, you know, the cat that runs through, the squirrel makes a different noise. Everything makes a noise when you walk on it. The sidewalk, if it has, you know, ice on it versus it has grass clippings or it has a branch, all different noises. And we're standing there and he always says, hear it. And he then talks about the earth and he makes the noise that I'm hearing. He's, he sounds out the noises and he clearly is interpreting you know the the sounds of the sky. I don't know completely where they were coming from coming from. But he stands there and he goes, and he is making the pitch that's around me. We have, you know, tons of things that are near us, so who knows? I couldn't clearly determine where that noise was coming from. I think it was probably one of the buildings that was near us that had something, you know, the the heater or something going. But once he, you know, isolated that noise, I was amazed. And he stood there and he, he turned his body kind of and he, he moved in that direction and he made that noise. Those noises, those sounds, all of that determined his body language and what he was doing. 
So I thought about that, you know, once we've been in this, this visual um, training, this visual processing, uh, it's amazing to me. Um, I'm trying to learn the connections between our body, like our actual movements in our body and how that works with our hearing and our visual, our sight. Our bodies are amazing. There's so many connections, and, and I'm trying to figure out how when we visually see something and we hear something, where that ends up in our spine, in our you know veins, our arteries, all of that, how it goes through and changes what we're doing. This morning confirmed some of those things with his sight and his sound and, and what he was doing and, and how he looks at the world. Uh, I was trying to get him to take his finger and touch my finger. He can do that when he's looking straight. You know, we're, we're right in front of each other and he can put his finger right on mine. But if my finger is above my head or close to my head, that confuses him and he can't do that. He then grabs my entire hand. Or if my hand is low and I've got the one finger trying to get him to touch it, he can't do that. He has to grab my whole hand. And that's part of where it's a visual thing and it's a part of learning the, the commands, learning the you know, instructions of what I need him to do. He always thinks when he sees a hand that he is going to count them. That was something that we worked on for years with therapy and his teachers and just everything to get him to count with his hands. And he's still learning that. He's still trying to figure out how uh, he needs to count with that. But anytime we're working with hands, we have to kind of move through counting to get to a body movement. So he was pointing and I said, okay, point above. And he would point up to the sky and he pointed below. But when I would have him try to connect with my finger, then he could only do it where it was right in front of us. And this is a process. So, you know, these are the exercises that we will work on. Uh, he then, you know, tried to connect to my finger, but it was more to grab it instead of touching it. So that's another part of this visual process that we're trying to work through to get him to understand the connection with his body and how his body works versus what he is is doing with his hands. His fine motor skills, uh, We this is the emotional road for me. Because when he was younger, he never wrote his name where it was just everything was very, you know, straightforward and every letter and all of that. But he could write his name out. And then as the years have progressed, his fine motor skills are just... I hate to use the word deteriorating because that's not where it is. It's just he doesn't process it the same way. I, I get this frog in my throat and I for the emotional side of this because it's hard 
when you see your child progressing and then those skills uh, backtrack or they are sat on a shelf until they're needed again or they are forgotten and you have to continue to build on each one of those skills almost daily before a skill is forgotten or not used enough that it's hard for him to do it again. And it's emotional. It's it's not so much that, you know, I can't work on all of these skills every day, but, he, you know, we need to breathe. He needs to breathe. I need to breathe. You can't do 100% of every exercise for every skill every day or even every week or even every you know couple of weeks because it's just too much there's too many things that life is is giving you and so i have to be kind to myself and know that i have skills that i need to work on and i need to do and we you know we have to still enjoy the moments of life and that's, that's hard because I want to give my child the world. I want to give to him as much as I can. And when you have those moments that you're working on, but they're not necessarily what you've expected or what you planned, you have to move forward. And so that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm trying to find all of those connections that will help Owen <coughs> to pinpoint exactly what he needs and what he can do to grow and to learn and be this amazing little boy that he is. He's doing so many incredible things. And we're just helping him. We're just helping him kind of push through the things that are the harder for him and trying to get him to accept that not everybody <coughs> in the world's going to wear those blue bands that he wants. I think once we can pass, uh, pass that moment where blue pants are not quite as important to him, it will be very huge. <clears throat> you know, those daily walks, those daily talks in our life are really what we all need. Communication is, is such an important part of our life. I longed for those skills. I longed for those words. And I understand that, you know, I understand that it's not easy for him. And it's, it's as, as the parent, it's not easy for me to figure out where I draw the line. Where do I stop? Where do I start? Where do I say, okay, this is, you know, this is what we are at today. And him not saying, mommy, I want chocolate milk, please. We don't always say that. We don't always say exactly the right words at the right time or all the words that we need to say. And that's that's something that I have to like <laughs> let go of with him. I have to understand that it's it's his emotions and opinions, but I'm just trying to add to those skills. Sometimes that's the hard part is is finding my way to navigate the system and let go of the things that 
are hard, aren't necessarily exactly what we want. He is doing amazing things, though. He wants to go to the park today, and hopefully the weather will uh, <coughs> will help us, and, and we'll be able to go. Uh, but he, you know, he's such an incredible child. He's got friends. He's got people that are in his corner working for him, working with him. And he's building his, his friendships. He's building those connections. And so, you know, the things that I find important, he's overcome so many of them. He has gone above and beyond the things that I thought or wanted, and he is building those friendships on his own. He is building the way he communicates with people. And those moments, those things, those are important to him. And I see it. Uh, um, when we were leaving the um, doctor's office for the visual training, he asked the doctor to walk him to his car. And that's incredible. You know, he wants to make those connections. And so me saying he needs to talk about chocolate milk, that's really, you know, that's, that's me putting that expectation on him. And so for him, he finds it important. He's a people person. He wanted that doctor to walk him to the car. He always has those connections with people, and he does this all the time at church. He always wants somebody to walk him out. And so that's wonderful. That, that is his way of saying, you mean something to me. And no matter what the words are, no matter how he presents it, he is showing himself. He is sharing a part of him. And that's what people see. That is the part that I have to remember, that Owen, Owen is incredible. Owen is special. And Owen will always be the one that shares his story and shares his journey with the people that he wants to do that to or with. And that's what I'm thankful for, that he is learning those moments in time and learning how to share his life. And so the expectations that I have, that's where I have to kind of sit back and say, you know, this is okay. He is doing amazing things. He's figuring it out. And we're just part of the journey. We're just adding those little skills that he is going to flourish in when it's his time, when he wants to do it, when he's ready, when he can, all of those things. So I'm just the mama, just the mama bear sitting here thinking about how I can help my child. And a lot of times it's him that's helping me grow. It's him that is showing me what this journey is all about. So I'm the emotional one. I figure it out. But he's the one that really is sharing our story. <clears throat> so with the frogs in my throat and the emotions in my heart, I thank you for being on this journey with us. It's an emotional ride and I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the solutions. I am the first to say that I don't always get it right. 
But the love. Our journey is not always easy to explain. Our life, it's not easy to explain. But the love sure is. Autism wasn't important to me until autism was important to me. And the day they put my son in my arms, my life changed forever. When he says, I love you, or he gives me a big hug, as he says. Want a hug? Big hug? That's the moments that matter. That's the moments that matter. Those are the connections that matter. So on this emotional journey, I appreciate you being with us. And at the beginning of the show, you heard the song Down This Road by Marcus Oglesby with The Creek Don't Rise. He wrote this song for our journey. And at the end, you'll hear the rest of it. If you would like to get in contact with me, you can contact me at sweetbabyo.com or on Facebook at sweetbabyo. And I appreciate you being on the journey with us. Have a great day. Life ain't always what we thought it would be. Sometimes Heavy is the load I won't give up on you Don't give up on me Take my hand Down this road Take my hand Down this road Understand, I understand You don't understand the way I am When you cry and I don't know why I'll make you smile when you cry Where this road will lead, nobody knows. Just come with me and let's see just how far it goes. Take my hand, take my little hand, walk with me, and if you can. Understand, I didn't plan for this road I'm on, but here I stand. And life ain't always what we thought it would be. Sometimes heavy is the load. up on you Don't give up on me Take my hand Down this road Take my hand Down this road Take my hand